Hey all you cool cats and kittens. Uh, welcome back to Real Life Alphabetically. This is your favorite non-doctor co-host of this podcast, Nick. Um, I'm recording this without Malavika because this episode is a little bit strange. The f episode itself, obviously, it has both of us. But when we were recording episode F, we ended up recording a second session and got into some pretty intense and pretty impactful topics. Some things that we really thought deserved their own separate episode outside of our normal structure. So the episode that follows here is what we're calling a deep dive. This is, we discuss things like grief and regrets, self-destruction, some of the things that have held us back in the past or, you know, things of that nature. Um, it's, it ended up being, I think, a really interesting but really honest discussion from, from us. And I just wanted to say that we really appreciate you listening. We really appreciate, uh, you know, those of you that have, have found this or that we have, you know, sent this podcast to that are encouraging I know a lot of my friends and and some family members and a lot of Malavika's friends and family members that we've shown this to have been really great about encouragement and you know giving us good feedback and things like that. So we we really appreciate that. Um, we would we want all of your feedback, as I've said and I'll say a million times. Please uh, email us at rlathepodcast at gmail dot com. Any questions, comments, concerns, complaints, feedback. I have a, a vision of someday doing a whole episode from all listener submissions. So if you have any burning questions that you want answered, you know, follow-ups on topics that you've heard, things you want to hear more about, or whatever it may be, um, but please send those in. But without further ado, here's our deep dive. I want to. I want to ask you a quick question before we get okay. into a larger topic. I, well, not even a question so much as I want you to tell me something fantastic that has happened to you recently. It can be something small, big. That doesn't matter. But something where you were just like, "God damn, that was fantastic." I um, recently started baking a little bit again mm -hmm. and trying some new recipes from this cookbook called Dory's Cookies. They're just fantastic. Like I, I feel that so often I don't think about cookies very creatively mm -hmm. and there were just so many recipes in that cookbook that I was like wow I've never thought about cookies looking like that or tasting like that or with these ingredients and then I made a few of them and they've all been amazing and and it's just been such like a delight yeah. in my life to have like a good like I've been making this shortbread and it's just so good and it's like four ingredients <laughs> <laughs> it's four ingredients my boyfriend likes it I like it I eat it for breakfast and my boyfriend makes fun of me um, <laughs> no I probably and, would too shit yeah uh so I feel like that was I don't know it's just it's so nice to feel like you created something mm -hmm. and it worked and to know that, like, I'll never really the, the recipes aren't hard or have any you know particularly strange ingredients, mm -hmm. but just to be able to share that with someone and and like both of us being excited about like oh like what are we gonna make this week <laughs> as I, our like dessert. I think that when we do the real life alphabetically cookbook someday, there will be Malavika's <laughs> quarantine cookies. Mal Malavika's fantastic <laughs> quarantine cookies. But yes, we'll we'll be in that. Um, yeah. For mine, so on Friday. 
I had this huge work meeting and mm-hmm. I I am somebody that gets anxious. I in these meetings I've been having probably three a month or two to three a month now going forward where there's a lot of extremely important people on them and basically I am pitching them 60 to 70% of a proposal that we've been working on for a year. And Friday was the biggest one yet with the widest audience yet. And I was supremely anxious and I was supremely, you know, going, going a little crazy about it. Cause it was at three thirty PM on a Friday. Um, usually these are at like 9am. But that's a bad time to have a meeting. It was a horrible time to have a meeting, especially for someone that's super anxious like me, that's that starts working at 630. And usually ends their day at three. And now I was ending my day at five because you know, all this anyways. So I was super anxious uh, all about this. And uh, my mother, God lover, um, texted me she had we had talked the day before she had said you know i'm making meatloaf or you know we were just chatting and the day on friday itself um she came to my house she owns the house so you know that's not weird um but in the in the corner you know mask and everything social distancing she texted me beforehand like hey i'm gonna come drop off some things i made you a meatloaf um, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll bring it to you. And I had just told her like, I'll be on the phone. I did. She didn't know I had this huge meeting. She didn't know anything like that. Just that I was going to be on the phone when she was coming over. So to just come in, drop whatever off and leave. She came over, she left me, um, a meatloaf in my fridge that she had made for me. She, uh, took out my garbage. She rearranged my shoes near my door. She watered my basil plant that I have growing on my dryer and the one or one or two other small things like in my kitchen near my door because again she's always moving and doing stuff but at the same time she saw like the state of all of these individual things and was like i can change this in five minutes i can do all of this um it's so and, and she knew that it would make me happy that you know to have all these things rearranged and a little mm-hmm. straighter and all that cleaned up trash taken out all that um she had no idea that I had this big meeting. I never told her that I was super anxious or stressed out and like she was doing a nice thing for me for, for that reason. This was just her being normal. This was just her being nice. Uh, she didn't even know necessarily that I was on a work call, just that I was going to be on the phone. Uh, she, even not knowing that I was in this like super high anxiety mood and wanting to do something nice for me or, you know, help, cheer me up a little bit or something like that she she would have done this on any day at any time and it just as i was thinking about it especially after i saw all the things she did and and she even like straightened up some of the things in my fridge for me you know moved a couple things around like at the end like i called her afterwards and i was just like you're you're fantastic like that 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 was just so nice it was so sweet especially like it meant so much more to me even that she was just doing this to do this, not even because, you know, she didn't even know that I was in this super high anxiety, super mm-hmm. crazed mental state. Um, it, it just felt amazing. It, it was a really, really, really kind thing to do. And, yeah, you know, that's who she is most of the time. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. That's a nice story. Yeah, I thought so. And it's honestly, it's been a little, probably a little strange for her because she's used to 30 years of me wanting you know, snacks and treats and, and sugar and, eat, you know, a ton of food and things like that. And, and that's not where I'm at right now. 
Well, you've had been pretty healthy during quarantine. Yeah. You've been, like, exercising. This is the healthiest I've been in a really fucking long time. I have ordered... So I... I'll put it all into context. Um, Yesterday is the first time I've left my house for any other destination other than just, like, walking outside or anything like that since March 16th. And yesterday was May 2nd. Um, the only reason I went, it, it was I literally only one person uh, could have convinced me to leave my house, and it was my grandmother because her and my grandfather needed help with their TVs. Uh, my grandfather's on uh, at-home hospice care full-time, and uh, my grandmother takes care of them. They're both in their late 70s, and if they don't have working cable and TVs, like, they have nothing. My grandpa has, has been oh, home shit. for over, you know, for yeah. over a year at this point. If they don't have working TVs, I mean, they're they're just gonna stab each other. So, uh, <laughs> so I did go over there. Luckily, I like I I haven't seen anyone other than like my mother, um, yeah. in that month and a half. And my mother has Super actually been bringing safe. food to them, you know, maintain the full mask and all that. So I went over with a full mask, went stayed you know distanced from them all of that, but. Um, I have only ordered food, I think, twice in that in the whole time I've been at home. I've been cooking up a storm, um, exercising, you know, five times a week, which is five times more than usual, you know, that kind of thing. Of, of it took a fucking global pandemic for me to reboot myself, I suppose, in some sort of meaningful way. And like you said, kind of with the self care of, I having had romantic things that kind of flamed out and having had things where you know looking back on it it's like um there's a uh postal service song uh district sleep sleeps alone the district sleeps alone tonight and one mm-hmm. of the lines is um I, I was the one worth leaving and there's been some elements of that in in previous relationships of mine would like I I was I was the one to be left, not the one that should have done or that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. that's that's something that's been in the back of my mind, you know, going through this and and after some other stuff that's happened. And I've really tried to think about what kind of person do I want to be in the next relationship that I have, um, and and that's someone that's more functional and less of a you know sedentary. You know, I don't know. It's not like I've totally changed my life. I still play a bunch of video games and all that shit. But I, I've lost some weight and I'm more active and I'm eating healthier. And I don't know. It's been my silver lining. Yeah, I think it's like very normal, healthy, natural, expected that after you experience something that's bad, like a breakup mm. or something where it emotionally hurt you, that you change your behavior i I know that happens to me all the time like i i do that i will say (laughs) i've done that in the past i will say uh, after after one of you know the biggest breakup i changed my mentality and my kind of a lot of my self image and a lot of my self my priorities um changed pretty radically after that and i kind of rebuilt myself mentally there first Mm -hmm. this has been the first time that i've kind of done it in the more physical manner of putting myself on a routine putting myself on a set schedule you know having a a kind of a checklist every day of yeah i want to do the following things i want to work out five times a week i want to you know be more mindful of what i'm eating and how much i'm eating how much i'm drinking you know all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. that for the last decade has just been 
no. <laughs> just there, it, not even to say that there was an idea of what I wanted. It just didn't exist. Do you feel better? I'm just curious. Like people talk a lot about, like, oh, if only I exercised more, or like wash what I ate, like blah blah blah. Like, do you actually feel better? Physically, not really. Um, mentally, yes, because I'm, I'm. I've talked about this before. I'm a person that's very small goal oriented. Mm-hmm. So like I, I wear a Fitbit all the time now um, yeah. and I kind of track myself. Mm-hmm. I track my exercises. I track, you know, my weight, that kind of stuff. So it gives me those little goals or those little, you know, Ooh, it's almost nice. like achievements <laughs> yeah. that I'm able to follow. Like, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, I'm down a pound. That kinda, even if it's that, that little of shit, I'm, you know, that, that gets me jazzed. In terms of the biggest thing for me is I've never been a good sleeper. I've never been somebody that sleeps mm-hmm. a lot. My sleep goal on the Fitbit is five hours and I don't always get it i'm probably at about 75 percent of the time i get that amount of sleep Yikes. Sounds horrific. it's not great um a part of it is is that i have sleep apnea and that's a whole thing um it's not bad enough apparently that i need a cpap machine because i had a couple of sleep studies over the years but at the same time i've never been one to get very restful sleep Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been one, you know, one of those people where it's like, oh man, I could sleep all day or, oh man, if you just let yeah. me go, I'll sleep for 12 hours. No, I can't do that. I, it, I hit six hours at best and then I'm up no matter when I went to bed or when I, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, I haven't, I don't want to say this. I haven't noticed any like drastic that ways that I'm physically feeling better, only just kind of the mentality part of it and the, you know feeling a motivational kind of boost yeah that's good i know some people especially because you've talked about how you've had some like problems with your back if like sure. some of the exercise and stuff will help with that had thus far no i still yeah. hurt myself as i sleep i st- you know yeah the the i think two nights ago <clears throat> i slept weird in my you know, in my bed with my arm up or some shit like that, woke up and my shoulder, it felt like I had been playing baseball all day or something like, like really? I fucking, <laughs> I, I've been in this bed for Classic. six hours and I wake up injured. Like that's, that's old man shit right there. That my, yeah, that my dad old, and I like, commiserate about that shit and I'm 25 years younger, but that's, that's my uh. lot in life. I don't expect that part to change. Um, but I, I've noticed like as, Oh no, this there have been some small changes I've noticed. I get out of breath a little bit less because I've been working, you know, mm-hmm. I've been on this exercise routine for over a month now. Um, just kind of that normal breathing, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm noticing small changes. When I get out of breath, you know, on the elliptical, my heart rate, or my resting heart rate's gone down a little bit from where it was when I started. That's that kind of awesome. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Silver lining, like I said. Good song by Rilo Kylie, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I also... Um kind of put myself on like a very stable exercise routine for like it's I'm actually like pretty good about getting exercise like it may not always be intense depending on you know my mood or what my work schedule is like but typically I get it in but this is the first time in a long time slash maybe forever like that I for the last two months have been running every other day like some amount of mileage and that makes a lot of sense i'm not a me. very good runner i'm not a very good runner um but just doing it i've noticed that this this week like i actually started to like feel like you said a little bit faster feel a little bit less like i'm out of breath like my i did um 
Like this week I did 18 miles total. Jeez. And would not like all at once, right? No, like no, no, I know. Throughout yeah, the week. Yeah, like yeah. I think, yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that should have in other times, like that would have been like impossible or completely exhausted me. But like, even though I'm running every other day, my legs don't feel as like wrecked. <laughs> um, so it was, it was kind of cool. But, like, you know, I don't think it's going to last. Also, I should say the weather where I am is a lot more temperate. Mm -hmm. So it's always kind of between 50 and 60 degrees, which is, like, great running weather by and large. Sure. Whereas, like, when I go back to the U.S., it's going to get real hot real fast. I'm not going to be able to run like this. Yeah, you're missing the good weather right now. The last two days has been gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Like, open the windows, let all the, you know, go sit outside, Mm -hmm. level gorgeous. Yeah. But yeah, there's something to be said about developing a routine, and I am a little bit sad to lose it because I'm going to be traveling back home and trying to move and all that stuff. Um, And I have some other fitness goals that I would like to achieve this year, but... Is it to bulk up? I did... Okay, so my plan was to get really swole, Mm. but then corona happened because I wanted to go rock climbing outside, which is why I was trying to get swole, and I was like, well, I'm not going to get swole. (laughs) No point (laughs) in doing this. Crossing that one off. (laughs) Yeah. I hate lifting weights. Like, I I just, like, don't enjoy it. So the running has been really good because I feel like, one, it was nice because I was able to, like, go outside every other day and do my run and not feel like... Like, I could easily run on paths where there weren't a ton of people. Like, I wasn't outside for that long, but it still felt like you were doing something, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so that was nice. <laughs> I know running is supposed to, like, doing intense exercise makes you hungrier, but I think because I run so slowly, I just, like, don't burn them. <laughs> like, I'm just such a slow runner. I'm, like, not, you know, super hungry. And I think the kind of... Um, so when you exercise kind of intensely, you activate your sympathetic nervous system. So that's like that flight response, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and that tends to suppress your appetite. So I feel that if you do a, you know, more moderate or intense workout and you kind of suppress your appetite a little bit, I feel like your body likes that. I don't think it likes it when you like run marathons and it eats away like all the protein <laughs> in your muscle, but I think it likes like a little bit of like, I'm alive. There is like epinephrine running through my system. <laughs> right, right. It, it likes a little boost. It doesn't necessarily like a whole uh, sustained yeah, yeah. drought. I think we all go through like ebbs and flows of like routines that we like. Sure. And so for me, working out for whatever reason is I just did not feel like working out all of February. It was a struggle. Mm-hmm. And it's never really been a struggle to motivate myself to do yoga or 20 minutes of hit or like something, right? Like, you know, and That's I That's one I way we're realized, opposites for sure. Just something. Because like sometimes you just want to do yoga. Sometimes you want to go do a hit. Sometimes you want to run. This is this um, is all foreign <laughs> to me to use yet another F word. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I kind of hit this point, and I, I think, like, maybe it was also related to, like, just emotionally what was happening, kind yeah. of the stress outside of that. But, like, I didn't want to work out at all, and I really had to force myself. And that's one of the reasons when I came to stay with my boyfriend for the quarantine period that I was like, you have to set a schedule and you have to stick with it. <laughs> no, just because, you know, typically I feel like it's a checkbox, like, work out two times this week and then you pick the two times or work out four times this week or blah 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 but I think like setting the routine really helped me and now it doesn't feel as horrific to to go out and start running 
or to you know like to work out sure. and so i feel like establishing that routine was useful for me to overcome that inertia lethargy that i was feeling yeah i feel like you're always you're somebody that's always had a very low need for activation energy like you're ready to start to go do something it doesn't take you a ton to just motivate yourself to yeah fuck it i'll go do yoga yeah fuck it i'll go run yeah fuck it i'll go do this whereas i am somebody that my activation energy is often wholly you know dispelling for the notion that i'll even ever do it like I never go for a run. I never. I barely would go for walks. I, you know, yoga. I think I tried tw- two different times over the last ten years. That for yeah. me, it's always that first piece. If I start it, I have a shot. Uh, and those times, though, that I did finally work my way up to starting it, I would do way too much too fast, or I would yeah. try to too uh-huh. radically change my schedule. Mm-hmm. And just flip it and be like, okay, I'm going to do this for an hour a day, followed by this for another hour, followed by this for a third hour, and I'm going to finally do this. And it's like, man, I know myself well enough to know that shit's not going to last three days, ever. Yeah. So what I do now, I have leaned into the at-home nature of everything. When I work out, it's usually in two to three ten-minute bursts a day. You know, while I'm while I'm working or whatever in the morning, you know, usually around 930 or 10 a.m., I'll I'll take a break from the work from home that I'm doing um, and I'll put on a podcast or some music. I'll do, you know, something kind of small and cardio like jumping jacks or push ups or something kind of just get my body Mm -hmm. warmed up to, you know, start exercising. And then I'll do five to 10 minutes on the elliptical and then go back to work you know kind of cool down as i'm working break out your day yeah Yeah. exactly and and it also it's a nice break mentally for me of like i've you know this work i'm doing i'm working on this slideshow or whatever fuck you know i i need a mental cleanser for a minute put on a a playlist or something and do 10 15 minutes of work my elliptical uh i'm not at your levels of travel as of yet where i could do 18 miles in a week i think in the last month i've been working to up to this (laughs) this is my first week doing it so just to be clear in in the month that i've been uh really seriously using my elliptical i think it says i've done a total Mm -hmm. of 40 miles so my pace my pace isn't on with you yet but i i mean i know it's it's not as much as I want to work up to doing. I'd, I'd like to do, honestly, at least 30 minutes a day. But this is the only way the, for the person who I am that this is any sort of maintainable routine. And I think I've finally been doing it long enough now. I'm past three weeks where yeah. some of it will actually stick. Yeah. Um, something that I've noticed that I think is going to be a struggle for me moving forward is – when your job is hard and intense, it's it's hard for me to come home and do something that's hard and intense. Yeah. And that oh, was, yeah. I think, yeah. Um, so I worked like 12 to 14 hour days in January, and it was really hard for me to motivate myself to come home and work out, especially because it was cold and gray and everything else, and I'd have to be up at 4.30 in the morning. Right. So um, I ended up getting a gym membership uh to the gym that was like a five minute walk for me even though it was kind of expensive like i could have just walked to the school gym which was like 15 minutes or driven to the other gym i belong to where i did rock climbing but it was nice because i could just go there and even when i was really tired i never felt like i was so 
like even in my deadened state, what was easiest to me was to just like get on the elliptical and not even do anything hard, but just (laughs) like, you know, pick like a a good moderate pace and like watch a Netflix show. And like, yeah, I I understand. Like, I feel like that made me like super basic that I would like show up my like leggings and like sweatshirt and then just like slowly walk on, you know, move on the elliptical. (laughs) I was like, wow, who are you? But like, it was better than nothing. Cause what's the other option that you go home and you sit on your couch? Like what is, (laughs) so I don't know. I don't like people who judge other people at the gym or judge other people's workouts. I hate it. I, I'm not the type who responds well to like the classes where people yell or say, you're not working hard enough. I'm like, I'm coming here. Try to motivate you and get under your skin. I was like, I'm doing the best I can on this day, and I'm sorry that it really sucks. That'd be more likely to get, like, a breakdown and crying. I'm really (laughs) trying. Stop yelling at me. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't work for me. It's never worked for me. Um, But I think, like, just knowing that you're doing something and doing, like, what you can is important. Like, you're saying, like, you're right. I could have hardcore gone in on the splits plan and, like, been really serious about it. Like, I had the time, but, like, I just there's no motivation like I couldn't do it but what I could do is say like you have to go outside every other day (laughs) and you have to run and that was achievable and my boyfriend also started running um halfway through my time here so sometimes we go on on runs together which I love and hate them it's nice to have the company but he's way more athletic than me and he's like why are you you know he's a little bit like He's like a peppy runner, whereas I'm like someone who's like constantly dying on their run. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds annoying as hell. I am not going like, to lie. He's like, you can do it. Like literally, like he's always like, you can do it just like a little bit more. It's like, you See, know. That wouldn't motivate me either. We can go either. faster. That, that, would, be like, be, that would make die. me say like, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear another word out of you. I'm dying here. Let me die. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of like how good. And I feel bad. I feel like, you know, he's really trying to be encouraging and right. like kind to me. Yes. And like to put this in perspective, like my hard run days are his like very slow recovery days. Right. Like he's like, I guess I'll go with you. That's like he broke his leg and he's still. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's just like walking. Yep. <laughs> like just me running. But yeah, but it, it is nice that we're, we're having like some chats about books we've read or like articles and it, it makes the time go by so sometimes that that's also nice I think I'll, to put it into perspective the last time i had any true and this is horrifying and and be, please judge me for this uh the last time i had any real fitness routine was when i was in high school with all the marching band that i did um yeah. i was a i was a percussionist so we would be outside on our feet all the time usually carrying i played bass drum all four years so usually carrying anywhere from like 10 to 40 pounds on my shoulders and chest so back then i was in great shape because you know four no fuck five six days a week basically i was outside moving and carrying weight and and all of that and then after high school I never I have never since age, you know, 17 when I graduated high school, I have never had a real like maintainable fitness plan for anything. And there have been times I've tried to walk more and that worked for a while. There have been times that I I tried to, you know, stay off the couch, be on my feet more, walk more at work, you know, that kind of shit that's helped a little bit, but mm-hmm. nothing like that, you know, it was still it was never enough, never even close. Um so this has been as small of a change as it is realistically. It's been a pretty fucking wild change for me, for someone that is, you know, let their laziness overtake their life. 
uh, not just mentally, as I've talked about, but physically too. I think, though, especially when we were starting college, and I, I think the environment is different now mm-hmm. with social media and just like the way people are, but it's not like anyone ever teaches you how to build a habit or a routine or, uh, you know, I, I have don't to, know. I have to say something about that because I part of it for me was part of the reason I never worked out, like worked out, worked out or exercised like that, I think was because when I was growing up, it, I, I don't know if I've talked about this before, um, it was kind of a punishment to have to go work out. Oh, um, interesting. So me, the, the lazier <laughs> I could be and, and the less I could think about it, you know, I was always getting, I would get told things like, man, if you worked out or if you put a little bit of time into it, you would be built. You would be, you know, you would look fantastic. You have the body type where if you worked out, you would be fucking ripped. You know, people in my family would basically even be jealous of like, I wish I was as tall and built as you are because with just a little bit of working out, you could look 10 times better than I ever would. And Mm -hmm. to me, I would be like, cool. Like, what the fuck do I, sorry. Do you want to swap? Like, that (laughs) had no meaning, no real positive meaning for me. Um, I will say... Uh, my stepdad, when I was when I was pretty young, I'll say maybe uh, I would have been probably ten. My stepbrother would have been about probably fourteen. I think he's about four years older than I am, um, maybe five years. <laughs> there was one night when my stepdad was coming home um, and, on his motorcycle, and it was midnight. And my mother was home. She knew that me and my stepbrother were still up in, in our room. She didn't really care. She was the, you know, she would sneak us that we were still, all that kind of stuff. She never yeah. cared. But my stepdad coming home, um, he saw coming down the street that our bedroom lamp, bedroom light was still on. And so we were like, oh, shit, you know, turn it off real quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did not turn it off quick enough. Uh, he came, oh, he no. came up and he, well, you know, we had, our, we had jumped into bed, turned the lights off. So by the time he actually got up to our room, um, he flipped the light on and he was just like, I know you're awake. You know, if, if you're going to be awake, you're going to do something productive. And we had to, at midnight or 1230, whatever it was, we had to go down into the basement and we had to go work out for an hour. Um, and that was something that stuck with me as like, I know it, it had gotten to that point because, you know, we weren't doing what we're supposed to be doing so it was kind of that you know if you're gonna be that kind of thing but it did stick with me and it did you know there's there's a couple other times that things like that happened where a lot of my life I think I didn't work through the fact that I was lazy to be rebellious in some fucked up way I was somebody that preferred watching tv and playing video games and sitting and reading a book whereas a lot of my family didn't and like even my mother she is always moving Always. If she is on her feet, she is going to grab this. She's going to cut this grass. She's going to do the, you know, prune this plant. She's going to do this, going to do it, carry this, move this, do this, to the point where even just being around her exhausts me. And I tell her, listen, you need to sit down. Like, you're going to kill yourself. She also is somebody that, especially when it's hot outside, she does not know her own limits and often, like, will come in and be like, I have heat stroke. Can you bring me ice water right now? As she sits on the floor next to the door, like, I cannot move another month because she overdid it and because she's always moving, that kind of shit. So, So my whole life has been me, like, being the opposite, being opposite of, of a lot of my mm-hmm. family, being opposite of a lot of this, you know, there was legitimately good advice that I was getting a lot of times. And me and my 
I know better than you or not even that because that's not quite what it was. But me in that, you know, I don't need to listen to anybody. That's probably closer. Um, I, I just never did it. And to the point where it negatively affected me and I still didn't change. Um, only in the last, you know, couple of months, really, if I'm being honest, have I really kind of framed it in that way in my own mind of looking at what things were like for me growing up, um, not having a routine, not working out, even up through, you know, high school, college, all of that, and, and what it meant for me as an adult. Um, I That is one of the things I would go back if I could and, and have a little chat with 10-year-old me and be yeah. like, I don't give a fuck what any of them say. I don't give a fuck anything, yeah. but you'll appreciate it if you, you know, that kind of thing. So I had like the opposite experience in my family where I didn't, I wasn't really very athletic as a child. I was also kind of quiet, introverted, but I also was compounded by the fact I lived in a very um, like conservative household. I don't know what the right word is. Restrictive. Very restrictive. That Restrictive. So like, for example, I was not allowed to bike past my driveway until I was 16 so like, imagine Oof, like a fourteen-year-old just like biking in your driveway in tiny fucking circles. Like, and like, then I would like have a rebellious moment when like my mom wouldn't be home and just be my dad or like you know whatever, and I would like go bike around the block. Or when I would go over to my friends' houses, we would obviously go places. So for me, like, I feel that it was like rebellious of me to want to leave, to work out, to see new places, to do new things, and. Like I said, I didn't really do that much athletic activity. I didn't consider myself an athlete. And then in college, I started having panic attacks Mm -hmm. halfway through, like towards the end of my sophomore year. And I didn't know what to do. So I Googled what to do. I was like, what to do for panic attacks? (laughs) And, you know, one of the things that came up was like, you know, get some exercise, like go to yoga. So I went to the like gym on campus and I did like the, it was, this was towards the end of the year. So I did like the two week free, you know, trial thing. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I see. It was, you know, definitely stared at some guy's butts while they were doing yoga. And I was like, I see what people are oh, into this. I see like, the appeal. I I, oh, I see. The, wait, this was I here see. the whole time? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. Uh, Is this where the no, butts I'm really have been? I'm sorry for all these men I objectified in my younger years. I apologize. Uh, I think I'll allow it. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) And then that summer, I just, I think I partially realized that I just like needed to get out more at that point. So I signed up for this like relay triathlon and that's where you put a team together and you do the triathlon and each person does a leg of it. So I picked like the biking leg. And so throughout that summer, I just like, you know, tried to bike more. I still didn't actually. I was severely undertrained. It was terrible, but I did it. And <laughs> so I feel like that was like my first true like kind of getting into it. Did you get injured afterwards? Um, I didn't get injured. Um, and then it, this kind of continued. I, I like started to do some more working out stuff. I will say, um, and the reason I ask is yeah. because my dad poorly trained for a triathlon once and completed it um you know his pace was fine yeah. and all that yeah. and then the next day he was reaching for the shampoo in the shower and threw out basically he threw out his all muscles and and child <laughs> me odd. child me had to help oh, him out of the shower naked because he had thrown out his whole body because his body was just like oh remember all that exercise we did yesterday F- fuck you we're done bud 
I did my bike did break in mile one of eight and oh, so God. and I was just like completely I, I had like you know the bike that my parents bought me when I was like 10 oh you know, sure Walmart it was like a shit bike that is not a triathlon <laughs> bike believe it or not no and I, I wasn't even trying you you could you don't need like a super fancy like carbonite bike no 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 but you want like a still a sturdy like mountain bike yeah you want like, like a commuter bike right road bike right not like the shitty 10 year old walmart bike. <laughs> a huffy 10 year old like a lit mm. i'm haunted by that bike it actually is still in my apartment because i don't oh, want it but i also i had another bike but it was stolen etc and now i'm stuck with it <sighs> and i was like maybe i should just give it away but then i realized i would have no bike and it turns out bikes are really fucking expensive <laughs> Uh, a and real I don't one have is, any yes. money. Yeah, yeah. So I had bought my prior bike. I had, you know, talked to some lady and we were chatting, and she's like, "Actually, I have one bike in the back that's like, you know, discontinued one. It's it's a you know from last year. I'll give you a good deal on it." Somebody it died it while like they were per- testing it, so we can't <laughs> yeah. legally put it out. But I'll knock ten percent no, like, off. It, so I got like a real nice bike for a real good price. And uh, I tried to go bike shopping and then promptly realized one that I, at that time I was working. So I actually had like a little bit of money. Right. But now I have no money. Right. So I was like, well, you're keeping that bike until you get a new bike. So. <laughs> Do you just look at things now and, and just see like the price tag pop up on them in your mind of like, I better not have to replace this when I move because I don't have the $14.08 to replace this water bottle. <laughs> Yeah, kind of. Like it's been, it's it's good. It's good that the paycheck is coming and that I haven't really been spending that much money during quarantine. <laughs> to put so. it into context, you and I had a, a a text conversation a few days ago about a uh, mysterious Kindle Unlimited subscription <laughs> oh, yeah. that popped up on your account for ten dollars. <laughs> And and we were both going back and forth of like trying to detective out how the where the fuck this came from. Like, hmm, they have a thirty day remember. membership. Maybe th- check thirty days ago in your email. Did you hear this? You know, go I through, swear it date. just automatically charged me. Like, I do not remember clicking any ad. Blah blah blah. I feel betrayed by this, but also don't want to deal with customer service. I will say. Well, I am someone that worked in customer service for a long time, even though it was the government. I will say Amazon's one of the better customer services I've ever had dealings with. Um, There was one time that I bought a video game and I had paid for the shipping where I would get it the same day it was released. Mm -hmm. And it came like a day and a half late or some, some, something weird like that. And I got on the chat the same day of, of like, Hey, you, you guys said it'd be here by 8 PM. I don't have it. And just instantly they're like, Oh, uh, let's give you a $10 credit. Like no back and forth. No, let me check. Like, I mean, just, I guess like I should just email like the yeah. worst they're going to tell the, me is no, do the, um, yeah, their live chat. If, if, yeah, if I'll do their through. live chat tomorrow. That's a good idea. Yeah. I could really use that ten dollars. I I know you can, which is why, <laughs> I, it's not. They certainly won't charge you extra for inquiring about yeah. it. And honestly, I just want to know what the fuck happened. Me too. Did I click something? I don't know. I think you did. Um, I'm guessing. I think it's user error. Yeah, but that's why I feel shitty about it because I'm like, it's a user, but I'm I haven't used it at all in this that's, time period. That's why I mean, and the other way is you just frame it as like I legitimately don't know why I was charged this. You know, I if I did yeah. something, I want to know about it so that I don't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Only right, on this okay. podcast can you go from fortunes to fitness to fight or flight to flexibility to feelings. There's something I want to talk about, Malavika. Tell me. And I don't know how to talk about it. 
with words and your mouth. With words and with my mouth. Um, I, I came up with two different, um, two different topics that, that could get me to talking about this, but it's something that I, I want and kind of need to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the topics was forgiveness. The other one was funerals. And they both, unfortunately, relate here. Mm-hmm. Today, we're, we're recording this on May 3rd. With our upload schedule, we'll probably get it up in June. Or Okay. <laughs> Don't need that joke. Sorry. Let's throw a little shade ahead of uh, what's going to, unfortunately, be a serious topic. Um, but we're recording this May 3rd. And, Malik, I didn't tell you this. Um, today is actually the, the two-year anniversary of my friend Tom's death. Uh, he died on May 3rd, oh, 2018. Yeah. Um, it's already been two years. Wow. It has been two years. Um, I want to, I'm going to start with, before I even talk about who Tom is or who Tom was and who Tom was to me, um, I want to, I'm going to talk about, I want to just tell the story of how I found out that he died because it's a weird story and it, uh, this is all going to be a weird story. But I, I ask that you come along on this journey with me because Tom was, uh, somebody that was important to me and that I had not spoken to in about two years uh, at the time of his death, and, and I'll talk a little bit about that as well. Um, I was, so May 2018, I was um, a supervisor in a call center for the agency that I currently work for, had my own office, mm-hmm. which, was, which was nice, I do miss that. I got a text from my Uncle Andrew, uh, who lives out in Las Vegas, um, I mean, none of my uncles aside from maybe one knows like my friend Joe and like that but no none of them particularly knew my friend group or anything like that I got a a text from my uncle Andrew that said I'm so sorry about Tom I'm so I you know I'm crushed just to hear about this I know you know my friend passed away a couple years ago so I know what you must be going through you know it was was a very nice text and I read it and I was at work you know just sitting in my office and I just thought what the fuck is he talking about like what? What is any of this? Who is he talking about? And what the fuck is this? So I I jumped onto Facebook real quick because that was the only like I I pieced it together in my mind that my uncle Andrew had actually gone to high school or middle school with my friend Tom's older sister. They were they were the same age. Oh. So in my mind, I'm like okay, maybe something's going on that he would have seen on her Facebook. Let me get you know look at Facebook real quick. And that was where I found out that, unfortunately, that, that my friend Tom had passed. Um, we didn't know why, or we found out why a little bit after um, some medical issues that had occurred. That, that part's not important. But it was a very, so just from the start of, like, this moment to me is crystallized in my mind of just confusion, but not confusion mm-hmm. in the normal way of people like, why did this happen, What that kind of thing. My start to learning any of this was, like, what the fuck is my uncle talking about? To the point where it, it became much more vivid of a memory to me because of the way that it started. And then obviously mm-hmm. it only got worse from there as, as the realism of it set in. So who was Tom? Um, Tom was someone that I've, I had known since sixth grade. We went to middle school and high school together. He was kind of my non-band, non-academic friend. Um, mm. he, most of my friends, if not all of them aligned into one of those two groups with a couple of crossovers. Um, he, and then he, he was an academic, but I didn't, <laughs> he was such a slacker and all of that, that even though we, he, we were in academic together, I still like, didn't think of him in that way. I just thought of him as 
that he'd been my friend for, for yeah. so much longer than yeah. all of this. Um, we, he was kind of an asshole in the funniest way possible. He had no filter. Um, he had a very large ego. And as someone that is kind of an asshole themselves and has, you know, a pretty large ego, that's why we got along so well. Uh, we would play games. We would play video games. And, and he and I would always be the ones that would come up on top. Uh, we played a lot of laser tag in high school, and uh, the rule was that Tom and I couldn't be on the same team. <laughs> we had to be on all the teams. But, but Tom and I, we got the closest. Uh, we didn't go to college together. He went to Bowling Green, and I went to Case. But in the summers in between college years, um, he and I, he worked an internship at the library and didn't do much with it. And, and I didn't, I wasn't working those summers. And I spent most of my time over at his house or playing games with him. Or there was a whole like four or five, maybe even a week where I just stayed over at his house. Uh, when the first time I played beer pong legitimately was him and I and two of our other friends just at his house on his dinner table. Like w- we would spend all of our time. To, we wouldn't get sick of each other, even spending our time together those summers. And then during the actual school year, it would be, you know, a text here and a text there. But it was that kind of friendship that just kind of picks back up when you're both back mm-hmm. in that situation. So you and I lived together. Um, you and I, Malavika, lived together in 2012 into 2013. Um, in mm, then, I think it's 2011 to 2012. 2011 to 2012. Yes, that's... Mm. Just testing you there. Uh, 2011 <laughs> to 2012. And then when you moved out of that apartment, I stayed in that apartment, and uh, my friend Joe that I've mentioned a couple times moved yeah. in. And he and I lived there until, I believe, 2014, yeah. uh, where our landlord at, at the time, you know, our landlord basically said, I'm getting out of the game. I need you guys to leave. And he didn't do it in a way that would have been upheld in a court because of our lease um but he had been so good to us and so good to me over the the years that we were like we had a great deal on that place we really did. and it, but it, it was he was so kind and so good to us up to that point that it was like all right for for you we'll we'll try to find something you know within this two weeks that you've given us instead of the 30 days that you're legally mandated to give us so we found a place that wasn't too far away but it was a three-bedroom and it was going to be much more expensive and so uh joe joe and i knew you know joe was also another great friend of tom's um we, we we had like kind of a, a three amigos type thing that, that had, had gone on in all those times. Joe was there for, for him too. And uh, we went to Tom. And Tom was living at his mom's house at the time um, looking for jobs. I think he had um, – I don't know if he had started as a car salesman yet at that point. But um, he we went to him and we basically said, hey, we need a third person on, on short notice. But are you interested? Do you want to come live with us? Uh, and he was, you know, it, it, he took a bit of convincing, and he did. Now, there was a catch. Um, he had recently gotten a dog at his mom's, a um, uh, something, do- Labradoodle, that was very young. And our apartment wasn't some, it wasn't big enough for a dog, especially for a very active young, young dog. Um, his thing was that, I mean, he had just gotten this dog, he wanted to be around it to be fair, that the dog could have stayed at his mother's house without a problem. But we eventually worked out that, okay, the dog could come over, like basically a shared custody agreement. <laughs> like the dog could be there like three three days a week, but um, he had to clean up after it. He had to make sure, you know, yeah, take care of it all. That's that. hard. Yeah. It is. 
at the 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 place we lived was basically a, our landlord was a slumlord. It was kind of a it was a house that had been converted into three levels of yeah. apartments. The ceiling was like falling apart. There was you know paint. It was just an old place that had not been upkept, and he had not put new things in or anything like that. And whenever there would be a problem, he would be he would do the bare minimum to to just get by with whatever that problem was. And so we knew after after a year of it that um, we we weren't going to be continuing on with this lease or anything like that. About two weeks before the lease was set to expire, um, we all knew where we were going. So Tom was moving back into his mom's. Um, he had, I believe he had started working as a um, car salesman in North Olmsted at that point. So he was possibly going to be moving in to his friend's basement that lived much closer there that had just bought mm-hmm. a house and, and needed some help with the mortgage. Um, Joe was going back to his parents and I was moving in with my girlfriend at the time at a house her dad owned. So we all knew where we were going. That that wasn't an issue, thankfully. But about two weeks before we were set to leave, uh, without telling us, uh, Tom just texted us, oh, by the way, I'm having movers come and take my stuff out, uh, and I won't be there. And That's weird. It was very weird. And Joe, Joe and I hadn't seen him in like a week. Um, he had been staying at his mom's, and we – we're like, okay, uh, what do you mean you're not going to be there? He, he didn't really respond uh, to to us texting him back or anything like that. To the point where Joe and I made a sign on the door that said, if you have any questions about you know, what items are Tom's, please call Nick or Joe at the following number. So at least the movers, if they had any questions or anything. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> ultimately, it was fine. He had... He had left a couple of small things, or they had left a couple of small things behind, but nothing that was, you know, like maybe an Xbox game or a, you know, whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. and Joe and I had kind of stayed up the night before because he let us know the night before, separating out any stuff that was ours because we didn't want any of our shit taken. And, this, you know, we were moving in, yeah. in a couple of weeks. Um, then he went radio silent. We asked him, uh, his dog unfortunately had broken some things and had made some stains on the carpet, uh, especially in his bedroom that we didn't know about. And we wanted to get our security deposit back because we were 25 and broke. And like Mm -hmm. that security deposit was a lot of, it was like $1,400 to be split among the three of us. Um, And Joe and I were like, Hey, what's, what's your plan on helping us clean and get all this shit fixed and fix these blinds with, you know, that kind of shit. Nothing, not a word, not a, not a peep. Um, no response from him. Totally, he kind of ghosted us on that, which pissed me off. It it really yeah. it made me as angry as I've been at any friend. And we, this isn't the whole point of this isn't to knock Tom for for doing all this anything like that. It's just to give context for for the next part. Obviously, Joe and I stayed up. We cleaned. We over the next like week or so, we rented a carpet shampooer. We did everything we could. Uh, and and got out and we got a good chunk of our security deposit back, but our landlord still was an asshole about part of it. But mm-hmm. ultimately, that didn't matter. Um, that was the last time I talked to him. Um, well, it sounds like he just dropped you as a friend. Well, <laughs> how was unfortunate, it during the year though? Unfortunately, not. This? Uh, during the year, we had some amazing times. Like okay. uh, having the dog there was a point of contention for me because the dog was. Why did so he big. get the dog? 
he hadn't he had gotten it before he moved in with us and he was a dog lover and his his dog that he had, had growing up had died somewhat recently okay. and and so he wanted to he had gotten a young dog and that was fun. i mean he didn't know he was going to be moving in with us or that any of this was going on he could have legitimately said no and we kind of would have been screwed i know we had we put him in a hard place even by asking him he wanted yeah. to live with us we had a great time like some of my some of my favorite memories from that whole decade came from Mm -hmm. just the three of us sitting around playing a game watching a movie you know doing whatever the fuck we were doing no i only ask because i i'm not like an animal person (laughs) and for some reason i do know a lot of people who have been in like hard financial situations like they're not working Mm -hmm. and then they're like i think i'm gonna get a dog and i'm like what that was that was (laughs) never that was never a real problem for him he yeah his his mom made a good amount of money and i and kind of had helped him out uh, a fair amount i believe so he wasn't you know in the same straits of i had just i'd been working at the irs for i think a year or two so i was still making like peanuts and joe was joe was still in his final year or had yeah no he was in his final year because he had to like walk to class and shit and then ended up co-oping at uh, the the place that he's been working at since but um yeah the the monetary part wasn't an issue for him and it was mm-hmm. mostly a point of contention of like we lived in a small it was a three bedroom yeah. but it was small and the dog want the dog needed a whole place all to its own to be honest yeah it was it wanted to run it wanted a yard it wanted all these things you know that we didn't have and couldn't give it in the middle uh, of little italy hard. yeah so yeah uh we i didn't speak to him after that i was hurt i was uh somebody that i had been so close to for 15 years i felt like betrayed by i felt you know maybe that's a strong yeah. version of it but i i felt put out by by his actions and that he he had done something selfish now that was 2016 i believe 2015 2016 somewhere in there he reached out a couple of times over the next couple of years um he there would be a text uh when the first star wars movie was coming out uh the force awakens and he there was a text a group text that was like hey when are we going to see this kind of kind of trying to jump back into the friendship with joe and i and one or two others and the text thread i didn't respond i think joe just kind of did a you know you you tell me or you tell us kind of thing um there was also he was a big Browns fan a big football fan mm-hmm. um I know that Joe went over to his house to to watch a Browns game in that period I Good. I didn't yeah I did I ignored again uh, um so when he died I was still angry with him and it, like if, if I'm being honest I still am a little bit not in a way that where like I, I harbor this ill will or toward what he did or anything like that I I kind of understand it like I said he he I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but, but, you know, anybody that knows him knows he, he could be a little bit of an asshole sometimes. Like that was part of his charm. Even that was part of his, you know, but did he recognize when, I mean, that's yes. kind of far he, to like fuck over your longtime friends, he not never, help them clean the place that you live in. Yeah. And just ghost them. I, like for my, like what? I, I don't know. I think that's a beyond asshole. I that's can't not speak like to a, that though for, for one reason. And, and the, the part that I really regret now, well, one of two, parts that I regret and I'll, I'll talk about the other one I never called him out on it I never mm, I yeah. never treated him as a friend that had wronged me I took his opportunity to ghost as an opportunity to just cut bait yeah. and 
um, but still held down to the anger and still held down to this feeling of, mm. of being wronged by someone. I regret that I didn't just fucking text him. Wow, that was a really fucking dick move. Yeah. I, and I can't. Um, he died. That sucks. So, and it's not even about the closure of it. It's not even about any of that. It's about the... I've I will I like to think I've matured a fair amount as a person in in the time, you know, up to that point and even since. And it's so fucking silly to have held on to that anger and that continuing not talking to him over something that honestly was a blip in a a 15-year friendship that we had and and I really wish I had been able mm-hmm. to see it for what it was at that time and, and just even just be like, listen, asshole, you owe me 10 beers for, the, you know, for the move that you pulled. What the fuck? Um, and but I, I feel like I wasted those final years being angry for something that in the grand scheme of things meant nothing. It yeah. meant nothing. So Joe and I were put out a little bit and had to work harder to clean up, you know, after his dog and that, that had been, you know, that kind of thing. Didn't get 400, 500 bucks back, whatever it was. What the, who cares? That, that means nothing. That means nothing. I would have given 10 times that to be able to, you know, have those years with a friend again, mm-hmm. someone that was that close and that important to me. The other regret that I want to talk about um, is his funeral. He was he was a very very unreligious person to the point of he spoke of religion as if it was just all a cult, which again was in in line with his personality. But he was always funny mm-hmm. about it in kind of a Bill Maher kind of style. So uh, when it came to his funeral, uh, but you know a bunch of of uh, us his friends were there and people from his past, and and I got to see people I hadn't seen in a very long time, and you know as. Uh, it was nice to see them, and it was a horrible reason for having to see them. But at the actual funeral itself, the funeral was very nice. Uh, they had people come up and share stories, and and I didn't, I didn't share any stories. I think I was I was still dealing with the fact that I had been angry with them when he died, and that we hadn't spoken that I felt kind of paralyzed. I I have a tremendous amount of just stupid story, you know, things that in that moment would have been funny and appropriate. But in the grand scheme of things, it's just like we spent so much time together. Of course we have, you know, silly stories. But the the one thing, and so I wish I would have. I wish I would have been able to deal with my grief a little bit sooner and a little bit better and, and shared that well, grief. That's, that's hard. Yeah. and, and That's I don't, a hard one. Yeah, but I mean, I could have, I don't know why I didn't get up and speak at the end of the day. I I wanted to, and I wish I would have, even for my own part, to just get out some of, you know, obviously I wouldn't have framed it in this way at his funeral. But um, the, one, the one thing I will say um, is a smaller group of us that were that were really close with him for a long time went to um, Panini's of, of all places. Um, it's a classy sports bar. Very classy sports bar. It's uh, somewhere my family frequents, and, and my dad and I have a have a standing Thursday uh, after you know dinner that we have there. We went there because it was just I mean it was a quarter mile down the road from from where the funeral was, and so a, a couple of us were out in the parking lot like Tom would Tom would have been in the back heckling this heckling his own funeral 
um, do you guys want to get a drink and, and talk? And, mm-hmm. s- and so probably about seven or eight of us went and, and did. And in my mind, that was his real funeral. It was one of those yeah. situations of like, we were able to speak honestly of him and, and speak, tell stories and what we missed. And I was able to talk about this, you know, having been angry with him and, and had fallen away from him because of being angry and, and all of that and drink in the process, which was one of his favorite things to do. But it was, it was a very cathartic kind of experience. It was a very emotional experience. Um, it was one he would have appreciated. And it was one of those times where I can say, like, I I felt his presence there, not in like a ghostly way, but like mm-hmm. in a, I don't know, it was, it was a evening stylized after his own spirit. It was something he would have appreciated and something he would have wanted to have happen is have these people that, you know, that knew him best go and, and have some drinks and, you know, swap stories and have a laugh, have a cry and all that. But I've been thinking a lot about him, and I get reminded of him often. Um, I was, I think I mentioned, I, I can't remember if I mentioned it on the podcast or not, but I've been unpacking some boxes of books and, and a couple of old things. Mm-hmm. I found an old notebook um, where I was jotting down ideas for something creative to do. And when we had lived together, he and I had started spitballing a TV comedy we wanted to write. I think I mentioned that. I, I didn't necessarily mention that it was with him. We, I was reading through it, and it's pages and pages and pages of we wanted to put together and pitch a TV comedy about a, what was it, an NFL front office or you know oh, ownership yeah. of a football team. Like I was reading through that, and, and I know I mentioned that part of it, but what I didn't mention was it, it made me really emotional because this is something where we sat down over the course of days, weeks even, a couple of times, sketching out plot ideas and who these characters were and this kind of stuff. And I have all sorts of stuff like that, all sorts of associations with him that pop up. And I really wish things hadn't ended how they did. It has led me to being a lot more honest about my feelings with people and being a lot more honest about how I am impacted by the things that people do. Um, maybe not quite as well in relationships as we spoke about a little earlier, but uh, just in general and with my friends, I I would like to think and, and I hope it has made me a better friend to people as I realize that some stuff is just so fucking stupid to hold on to, that life is short and that we we really need to make the most of the time we have while we have it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tom, wherever you are, if there is a, still a part of you in existence, miss you, bud. Yeah. What a downer. No, I mean, <laughs> I I think I do agree with you in that like life is short and. You know, you you can't hold on to anger, but I think like the, like you're saying and kind of going back to doing the fortune telling reading, um, you can't let people walk over you. No, of course not. Like you, you should, you're right. Like, I think what you, how you deal with emotions is like, you should have called him out on it. Absolutely. That's, that's (laughs) my biggest regret. and, And like, maybe he would have apologized and that would have like. He would Because I feel like I've had, there's only been like one or two situations where like I got angry or 
at, at someone else and we've just like never talked since because I never was able to to articulate why I was upset mm-hmm. and then it makes me feel stupid because it makes you feel angry that you're even upset <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then you don't want to deal with it and you walk away and I think that's a very negative emotion and I'm so sorry that this happened to Tom and his family and yeah. all the people affected by him that just sucks yeah. it just sucks I um, I also recently I was cleaning up my living room and I found a um, a very nice card that his mom sent me after the funeral, which is what made me think about how I had wanted to to say something at the funeral and I, I wish that I had. But his yeah. mom was always amazing. His dad had had died when we were younger. I think his dad died when we were in middle school, but um, and his sister uh, had kind of just recently had a child and uh, oh. yeah, it just I really feel for them um and i really feel for you know that he went too soon but sorry makes me a little verklempt that is a hard thing to contend with part of the other issue is you, you know you have that period in your life where you're figuring out what things you like and you're figuring out what things are funny and you're figuring out what mm-hmm. things you want to binge and all of that yeah Tom was probably the closest person on this planet to me in terms of those things. Yeah. One of us would find something that the other one loved and vice versa. I would give him my, I gave him my Stargate SG-1 DVDs for season one after I found the show and he watched all of it and became obsessed with it just like I was. Uh, Scrubs, we were obsessed with that so much that in Akadak we got shirts our senior year and all of us had Scrubs nicknames from which character we, we mm. were. He was, of course, Dr. Cox for being kind of the asshole with a good heart and I was JD for being, you know, always smiling. Yeah. <laughs> But it just to the point of like, there are some people that, like you said, you know, not letting them walk over you means cutting things off. Just being like, this friendship isn't worth, you know, this or it isn't, you know, Mm -hmm. you've wronged me to a point where I I don't give a shit and I don't need you, that kind of thing. He was worth more than that to me. And I didn't, I didn't see that because I thought, I thought that one day in some indeterminate amount of time, that something would bring us back together, a, a wedding or, a, you know, coming home for, I don't whatever it would have been, any, any random thing. And it just would have been like, Hey, let's get a bite to eat. Let's get a, let's get a beer and, and catch up. And that everything kind of would have gotten smoothed back over as it, as it had in the past of not seeing each other. But this, um, yeah, you don't always get another chance. You don't, you, you really don't. I think I've been fairly lucky in my life that I don't know many people who've passed away mm-hmm. and no one that I'm like very personally attached to or very close to. But um, when I was younger in, in college, my best friend, her father died in a car accident mm-hmm. and he, it, she was like a close family friend as well. Um, so I knew her dad pretty well and... I don't know if this happens to you, but I still dream about him. Oh, yeah. Like, occasionally, like, okay. I'll have, like, kind of, like, flashback memories of... And, and it's so strange because, you know, of all the people I've known in my life, like, he was a really good guy, just, mm. like, a good dad. Um, and the, she, uh, my best friend and her dad were very close. Um, but, yeah, I, I just... Like, I, I dream about, like, situations where the three of us were together... 
or how he would act to things that are happening in her life. And it's strange. It's weird how it comes back for you. For me, I so I get more I get memories of Tom just about every day or, or something that I think of that takes me back to, you know, ignites a memory in the back of my head or something like that. But more of, of what you're talking about there is for me is my grandma that passed um, mm. about six months before Tom passed. My grandma, who was probably my favorite human being on this planet, um, passed away uh, kind of unfortunately suddenly and uh, to the point where uh, my I my ex and I had broken up right before my grandma passed. And then six months later was Tom's funeral. And, and at that one, you know, we, we were not speaking terms or, or anything like that. But she said to me at that funeral, I guess we're funeral buddies now. Which was something that Tom would have thought was hilarious to say at his funeral. So I appreciated that a, a fair amount. But my with my grandma, I, I dream about her for sure. I, I She was such a formative person in my life mm-hmm. for, you know, 28 years. That um, I used to, when I lived in Willowick, and I would I would take the bus into work, I, I lived a seven-minute walk from a park and ride. So I would just walk over to it, get on the bus, and go downtown, get off it, and walk back. And uh, on that seven-minute walk back, a lot of times I would call my grandma just because I she loved to talk and would talk your ear off but if you had a built-in like time limit if you had a built-in something you're like okay seven minutes on the clock oh grandma i just got home i gotta go make dinner yeah but it was i i just i loved her and i I miss her terribly but um she's she's more the one that i dream of and that i have those kind of thoughts of where tom is the one where i think what would he have thought he would have loved this Mm -hmm. he would you know i wish he was around that i could text him he would appreciate this that kind of thing yeah it was a rough six months um to people i was historically very close to uh, passing away but not a great year for you not a great time um it was not having got you know a a breakup of a eight year relationship and then a month later my grandma died and then six months later an old best friend had died. Not ideal. Um, I like to think that I handled myself pretty well in terms of the people that passed away and and you know paying my respects to them, uh, giving the eulogy at my grandma's funeral was possibly the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Um, it's certainly up there. Uh, you don't tend to think about in your everyday life um, writing. A speech that you're going to give in front of all your loved ones and, and everyone that was close with your loved one that uh, conveys who that person was to you. Um, I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of the eulogy that I, I did gave only because it was honest. It's as honest as I've ever been in something that I've said to a crowd of people. But um, I don't want to have to do that ever again. And that, that honestly, yeah. that, that may have been part of the reason why I didn't get up and say anything at Tom's is because there were a lot of people getting up and sharing stories and mm-hmm. all of that. And my experience with my grandmothers had just been so intense. And I think Tom passing had kind of reopened a lot of the ways I'd been feeling about my grandmother being gone as well. Yeah. That... Um, I never honestly really thought about it in that way that, you know, that makes a lot more sense as to why I couldn't propel myself uh, to, to say anything. Huh. Yeah. So I'll give also, myself slack. I know. Um, 
I had this, uh, uh, sorry, it reminded me of it, but I, last year was, it was a hard year academically and that really spilled over into like how I felt emotionally. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, after kind of like the hard things, like I done all my applications, you know, I'd survived all my rotations and I was sitting on my, with my friend and, um, it's just like yelling at myself. <laughs> like why, like, how could you have been so dumb, Malavika? How could you let this happen? Why didn't you do this and this and this? And this is why you didn't get the interview here. Or this is why you're not going to get this. And, and she looked at me and she's like, what is wrong with you? Because, you know, she's like, the version of you now, sure, you can be like, if you were in that same situation, you would have acted differently. You sure. would have done better. You would have done, and, you know, whatever. But she's like, you did the best you could in that moment. It's hard to think of yourself is, in as, so as different within time. Stuck. Well, no, it's yeah. so hard to think of yourself yeah. as another version of yourself. Because yes, exactly. your consciousness is obviously maintained throughout all of it. So I'm me today, yesterday, five years ago, yeah. 10 years ago. You're you. I'm me. All You know, you are yeah. that person. But it takes that self-awareness. It takes that more critical thinking and, and really honesty with yourself to think about. And uh, this, you know, this is very true for me. And it's something that I don't try to hide from. The person that I was three years ago was the worst version of myself. Mm-hmm. It was I was in a dark place. I did bad things. I hurt people that I should, you know, that I was loved. And I have, uh, you know. Hopefully, I was going to say obviously, but that's not fair to say. I've tried to come back from that, and I tried to change myself to to be better, and I tried to you know improve in a lot of ways. And I had a lot of people help me. And and with you being you know very high among them of, of somebody that could have nice. you could have honestly, and this is this is uh, honestly very true. You you could have cut bait. You could have seen, you saw the person I was. You know more than most, if not more than anybody, that I was in a dark place for a long time and that I was not, I was not a good version of myself. I was a pretty shitty person to be around outside of work where I was able to keep it in a box somewhat, you know, mm-hmm. put on the fake persona and, and get through the work day, come home and just be this person of myself that I didn't recognize. And... I will always and forever be grateful to you for sticking through with me and and telling me the hard things and not giving up on me as you had every right and honestly every reason to. Um, I I'll just I'll be forever grateful for you for for that. That's very kind. I I don't know if I've uh, hopefully I've expressed that to you in the past, yeah. but it's it's something I will continue to express because you know you always get asked the chan- the the question: Do people really change? Are people really you know? I I don't even know how to frame the the reality of it, but I like to think that people are who they are, but we always have a little bit of room for change somebody we evolve exactly it's evolution it's not you're not going to flip on a dime you know it's so rare to find somebody that it well maybe like a drug addict or something like that that can clean themselves up and and totally you know flip on a dime and be a better person that's a more extreme Mm -hmm. example i I think most of humanity operates in a game of inches but with with the choices that we make that's really all you need 
Just be a, a 1% better than you were yesterday. Be 1% nicer. Be 1% kinder. You know, put yourself, the, your real self out there 1% more than you did the day before. And, uh, and that's really what makes the difference. And what helps that or what makes that possible is having good people around you and people that will always be honest with you and people that have your best interests, you know, all and are able to hold up a mirror to you and be like, do you see this? Do you see who you are and who you're being right now? Because I don't recognize you. Um, that's, you know, that's priceless. That You, you can't ask for uh, that kind of thing from people around you. And yet those are the kind of people that can help you get where you should be and get where you need to be. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And maybe one day I'll tell you more about what I thought. <laughs> I don't know that that's a, if I'm, if I'm being honest, maybe on my deathbed. It's not bad, but um, I, I was just, it, it's not another here nor there. But I think like for me, like you're talking that you changed over a number of months and years, yep. it seems like. And I, I have too, for sure. I've definitely changed a little bit or evolved, I hope, and in a better way. One thing I do want to um, say is I had a lot of external stimulus all happen in a short period that kind of helped yeah. me speed that change also. Um, yeah. I would not wish that on anybody. Like job, two job changes, two very yeah. key people dying, a relationship, you know, finally and that kind of thing. Um, but I think you do it the healthy way. I'm, I'm more a person of extremes. By and large, but I think this last year was kind of the first time in a very long time where um, I feel like I experienced a lot of that change or that swing. And, and you talked to me during this time in a very like, three or four month. Mm -hmm. Like it was just bad for like three or four months. <laughs> it was bad. Like people pulled me aside and were like, you don't seem right. You're not you. <laughs> Are, yeah. You're not you. Are you okay? And then not being able – because – there's nothing I could say because I was I didn't believe it myself that I was right. Right, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll yeah, get I'm, it. Fine. I'm fine. Like what am I? Uh, but basically, it's like you're between a rock and a hard place, right? And you right. can only keep going forward. Right. But um, and so when I finally got past the kind of hard, the hardest part, and was on kind of like the, the recovery or the rolling hill where it was manageable, um, that's when I started to look back and be like, how did you? fuck that up so badly <laughs> right like how i i ask myself who the fuck were you because you weren't yeah. yourself and and that's when i was talking to my friend she's like you in that moment she's like i you know sat with you this whole couple months and you in that moment did the best you could <laughs> to help yourself you know and that's all you can really do right at the same time, I i don't like it when people are like you just have to be kind to yourself and forgive yourself oh and, no no, and, no, no, no. because I think it's true, like what we're talking about is, um, you know, I, I think that you are being very hard on yourself by feeling that much regret that you weren't able to speak at Tom's funeral. But then when you're talking about it, you're like, there were actually some like pretty yeah. big contextual reasons yeah. why like, maybe that was a really, really hard thing for you in that moment to do. Yeah, I, I don't, that one, honestly, I don't beat myself up too much about, I mean, I, yeah. I should just, just yeah, looking back at it, I wish I would have done that. It is a regret, but yeah. it's not one that I supremely yeah. blame myself for. But yeah, you're right. That couple months last year where it was just brutally, like really, really hard mm -hmm. um, professionally for me and how that spilled over and like ruined everything else because all I did was work. Right. Um, it's quicksand. 
it's it, yeah it the more is. you struggle I, the deeper you fall yeah and and so now because i know things are going to be hard again at work when i start in the summer i've been slowly taking precautions to try and not fall into that same trap again because right. that's what you should do right and and you talked about like now it changed the way you interact with people mm -hmm. um how you and, and i think that's the more important thing even though you're probably never going to be rid of this no. you know kind of regret no. just like i'll never truly forgive myself for not having put together a better application mm -hmm. or not having done xyz to impress blah 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 you know i still i'll always have that but like i know that i won't make i will try not to make that same mistake again that i did before right <laughs> yeah and um you know that's what that's all you that's what i hope for i don't know maybe that's the part where i'm like oh i'm just like being easy on myself because I'm like, that's the best I can do, but maybe I could do better. Let me, know. let me ask you a question because this is yeah. unfortunately extremely relevant for me. Um, I have an underlying self-destructive streak that I've identified oh, in too. myself a hundred thousand percent. Um, no one knows better than me how to destroy me. I, I feel like I'm pretty bulletproof where a lot of external sources are, are concerned, even ones that would normally trip people up or that would normally impact people uh, but I know all my own weak spots and there is a uh, a voice I don't much care for in my mind that sometimes tries to exploit them um, I was that two two days ago that day of that big meeting I was supremely anxious mm -hmm. like I said as anxiety levels as high as they've been in a very long time and I found myself wanting to self-destruct. I found myself actively wanting to do things and read things and experience things and even go down certain thought patterns that are already identified in my brain as being painful for me. I'll give you, mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. Um, it, nothing that was related to work or anything like that, just how I was feeling. I wanted to pull up old texts that from somebody that very, that hurt me very, that would have just made me feel incredibly emotional and wrong, not wronged, but it would have made me feel yeah. just awful. Right it would have made me feel horrible. Like the whole yeah. point of it was my brain in that high, high anxiety moment wanted me to experience things that were painful. And I realized this, this is something that especially over the quarantine, I have been able to identify in myself is there are moments where I try to hurt to feel something when I'm feeling mm -hmm. numb. Um, one of the de defaults to go to is that my brain will try to make me sad. Uh, or if I'm in a high anxiety, like almost feeling paralyzed by anxiety, my brain will try to go to that level of emotion to, because it's more known and because it's more, it's easier, I think, for my brain to deal with than to deal with the situation at hand. Like I was waiting I still had two hours before this big meeting and I had like really nothing to do in that two hours before it. I had done everything all day up to that point. And my mind was just like, we're going to feel like this, this amped, this horrible for two hours. Instead, why don't you pull up those old texts that will mentally destroy you, but at least we won't be thinking about this. And like, I was able to ah. identify that in myself yeah. of like, my brain is trying to distract itself, but the way it's trying to distract itself is with pain. Mm 
And I, looking back on my life, that's something that it's always done. That is something that has always been there in myself. I'm just able to better identify it. I'm able to better counteract it a little bit, I think. I, I know it's not healthy. I know it's bad. I know it's... I was proud of myself for being able to resist it. I was proud of myself mm-hmm. for being able to stay in that highly anxious place and not fall into the trap of, oh, you know, you need a distraction. Why don't you think about why you're not with anyone? Why don't you think about why, you know, the the people that you loved are with other people? Why don't you think whatever the case mm-hmm. might be? Like, fuck, my brain is evil sometimes in those key moments. And I guess it always has been, but... I don't know. It just felt like something worth saying because I resisted it and it felt good. I think my bigger issues tend to center on bad habits, like procrastinating. Mm. Oh, And I'm talking like, I procrastinate on things that are stupid to procrastinate on. I'm not the type of person who's going to turn in their homework late. No, you're never been necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I will procrastinate on filling out forms. Right. Right. And I will harassing it so much that I was not allowed to come and do the rotation I was doing, like signed up for because I didn't fill out the form. Yeah. To the point where your procrastination has caused negative impacts on your life. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I cannot, and I, I struggled so much to identify why it's hard for me to do that. And kind of after that saga last year where like, it just became so clear that, you know, that's like the destructive when my brain's like tomorrow, later mm-hmm. just like do it's not like the forms take that long but for whatever reason five I just minutes cannot, i just can't do it so i don't know i i ha- definitely have been a lot better about the procrastinating and like trying to get things done i also started to honestly i just send them to my sister sometimes now <laughs> i'm like just help me because like i don't have any problems filling out forms for other people i fill yeah. them out for my boyfriend i fill mm-hmm. them out for my parents like it's just, I don't know. Um, and it's so frustrating to know that you have created a trap of your own design and that it is your own brain sabotaging you. It frustrates me sometimes to see you do that. and Because, I mean, you tell me you're honest about it with me. You'll, yeah. you'll just text me out of the blue, you know, whenever it is. Like, I need to do this and I'm not. Like, yeah. you'll you'll be that blunt with it, that straightforward. I can't. And, it's so hard. But it destroys me as somebody that is relatively... I don't want to. So the phrase my mind wanted to go to was non-functional, but that's not true. I'm not actually non-functional. I'm lazy and I have a bad routine and I don't, you know, I let like I procrastinate dishes. I procrastinate laundry. I procrastinate that exercise, that kind of shit. Uh, It frustrates me when you fall into those traps because like the shit that you procrastinate is the shit that I do to procrastinate all of the things that just you do like without even great, thinking. But, but like, that's, what's great because like a, a couple weeks ago we were recording and I was like, Oh, I have to fill out this form. I have to like send three emails. And I like said, just do one it in the morning. And you're like, I'm just going to sit down and, and we're, you're going to do it. I just I watched like, you on okay. Skype while you did it. Yeah. And it took you like 10 minutes. <laughs> it took me 10 minutes. But, like, I, I just sometimes need a little bit of that push, like an external push. See, for me... Whereas, like, in the the kind of, like, cooking for myself or exercise, I don't often need the external push as much. Right. 
I don't know why. For me, again, another yet another. We should be keeping a list of all the ways we're opposite. Although honestly, every episode of the podcast has something. External pushes make me less likely to do something. A hundred percent. I if yeah. you tell me to do something, and not in like a oh resist authority kind of thing, or oh fuck you, I'm you know anarchy, whatever. It's just something where if my mind doesn't have the internal motivation, I am not going to be motivated by something somebody else tells me or, or, you know, from an external source. Historically, I can tell you a trillion different ways that that's been the case. I will say there is a, a good friend of mine lives in Russia that has been kind of working her own way up on the kind of the fitness thing, in, inching up mm-hmm. kind of like I am. And it's been yeah. nice, be, you know, being able to text with her. We just kind of tell each other, hey, do, you know, did, what did you do today? Oh, yeah, I went on a walk. I walked my dog yeah. and, and did that. Oh, that's awesome. I did, you know, 10 minutes on the elliptical and, you know, 100 jumping jacks and whatever. Else. Oh, yeah, fantastic. You know, just even having somebody that's at that like same that same mentality because because she's someone that's yeah. very similar to me and that we neither one of us is looking for that external motivation just for somebody to just like kind of clap for our small goals yeah it's been it has been nice to have some like a fitness buddy but uh, you know across the universe because she lives in siberia but yeah. <laughs> but i it took me 30 years i guess to realize that i do so many things or rather don't do so many things because of reasons that I've never thought to question and reasons that I've never, I, I like who I am. I like myself. I love oh, I myself. Oh, yeah. I, thank you. I like you too. But yeah. I, it's, I mean, in the way of like, I am, I'm not depressed in a way of like, that I don't like myself. I know plenty of people that don't like themselves mm-hmm. or don't love themselves or both. I, I both like and love myself, but that that with that said i still have made bad choices uh some of them worse than others some of them as just small ones like oh you know what i'm gonna not do laundry today i'm just gonna go to bed oh you know what i'll leave those dishes for tomorrow and then they pile up over a week and then it's you know that activation energy that the thing takes increases more and more because now there's a sink full of dishes instead of just four dishes And, but it's, it's always been that kind of thing. And it's only in the last, like I said, honestly, since probably the rock bottom zone that I've really done the, the soul searching, really done the hard work of, okay, why do I do the fucking things that I do? Or more appropriately, why don't I do the things that I don't do? And that's been, it's, it led me to some dark places in terms of, you know, I am, single i am you know another way to say that is i am alone that's not a failing no 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 not that it's a and i I don't mean it to say that like i that's why i'm single or that's why i'm alone but in the choices that i have made i can certainly plot a course as to why i am alone right now based on bad choices that i made 10 years ago and not keeping you know better care of myself and not treating my mental well-being seriously or my physical well-being seriously or my when I was depressed not taking my depression seriously and just you know letting it ride that kind of stuff mm-hmm. it's been all it's been a history of because I like myself I accept my own choices which looking at it now is just buck wild I I don't second guess myself and I should 
that's the craziest thing is so much, you know, people generally second guess themselves or they're, should I have done this differently? Should I, you know, I'm not somebody that usually second guesses themselves, even when I absolutely should. And now I've started to try to, in the moment of the decision, lay it out for myself. What does this actually mean? Historically, what would I have done? What do I want to be able to tell somebody that I did? And that's, yeah. that's worked for me. Maybe I should try that. I think um, I also am someone who's been, uh, like, especially when I was younger, I just had a lot of confidence. And I still, in social situations, am a very confident person. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I just come across normal, like, not super insecure. I think sometimes in professional settings, I tend to be a little bit less secure in myself and my answers. (laughs) But, like... Overall, I don't have the kind of, um, I get angry at myself, but I don't have a lot of times enough self-hatred to actually make a change. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what you say. I get like angry at myself in the moment, but I still, even though I know this procrastinating habit is bad, like I don't try that hard to work on it. Like, you know. um, It happens again two days later. It happens again and again. And like, I think now in the last like two years it's something i've really worked on and especially last year when i kind of hit that like rock bottom where i was like you have created like such a horrific cage of your own design through this procrastinating and depression you made your life a lot harder on yourself than it needed to be my year exactly my year was four times as hard as anyone else's because of the choices that i made out of that came out not only from procrastinating but also like the apathy and depression and yeah. other shit that happened. Right. But like, it was so hard and it was such a mess to crawl out of. And I feel like it made me lose respect for myself <laughs> for the first time. And and I think that did dramatic, like change and such that some of those procrastinating habits have gotten better. Um, or like I'm lapsing less. Um, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. I, so like it's it's a process and it's so frustrating because I just want to be good at it. I just can't. <laughs> I, I can't care enough to. <laughs> I know what you mean. I, there's only yeah. been one time that I have lost respect for myself and it led to a change, um, which was at the end of, of the long relationship where I was, yeah. you know, I was the one worth leaving. And one day, like people talk about a moment of clarity and that kind of thing. Yeah. I had a moment of clarity on, on, you know, I, I won't sugarcoat for myself cause I don't do that. I was a piece of shit, like as a partner, as a boyfriend, as, as you know, someone to live with as all of these things, I had become awful over a long period of time. And it, it had been a game of inches to get there, but it had been so long that, you know, you, one day I looked in the mirror and I didn't recognize myself as I've said yeah. before. And, at that, I was like, "Oh, what? Holy shit! Um, I was I was dead weight in a, in a relationship, and and I lost like all respect for myself, and that that gave me the I don't want to call it the confidence. That gave me the push drive. Yeah, it gave yeah. me the drive to like uh, for for everyone's sake for for the sake of." Every moment that that we're alive for the rest of our lives, they will be better by me not being this, by me not being here, by me, you know, I don't know. I was I, I don't want to get too deep into that, but but I know what you mean about like that losing that 
that respect for yourself, sometimes it's permanent and sometimes it's temporary. You know, in, in Harry Potter, there's this scene where Sirius Black describes how he survives being in prison. because mm-hmm. um, And he describes it as like this kind of like rage that fills him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's not a happy emotion, so they couldn't take that. And it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't, a, it's just like a rage and they couldn't take that from me, the like Dementors. Yeah. And I feel like that's like exactly J.K. Rowling captures this feeling that I think like is that moment for me mm-hmm. where like you hit a point where you're like, I'm so pissed off at this person or myself or like this situation and like how, like what am I going to do to get out of this, to fix this, to not, to not be in this situation again? How am I here and where the fuck do I go? Yeah, where it's like you're saying, like, there have been moments, it, I'll, you know, a few times in my 20s where I looked at myself in the mirror and I was, and I was like, who are you yeah. right now? Like, what? Like, I, I don't even recognize you. And it's not like, a, you look great today. I don't recognize you. It's like, <laughs> no. you, you look like shit. I saw, not of it. I saw it's a very, just like horrible. I saw a very distinct face looking back at me at that point that uh, yeah. I won't go into, but, um, yeah, it's not a positive. It's it's a very much a rage. It's very much a. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. Like I, I feel like that's the only time I've ever read, where someone was describing that kind of anger, where you're just like, I have chosen poorly, and I have been fucked. <laughs> For me, it was not only that I have chosen poorly. It's suddenly like the fog has lifted and i have made 400 poor choices that have led me into a much deeper hole than i ever thought possible what i thought was the sun was a fucking candle and the candle just went out yeah that's what it is and i think that emotion though has always been very useful to me because i do find that emotion motivating i I hate it, and I don't think I don't think it's something you can experience all the time because I think what it does no, to my that's a very... brain and life is it's like a burn it down kind of emotion. Wait, it's like yep. call the hurt, like cut everything out that you Fucking don't need. Burn you it all. Fix it. Burn it all yeah. to the you ground. You can't you can't have it every day, but um, I, yeah, I don't like it. I want I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it again. <laughs> I've only once burned it all to the ground, and it was I I maintain it was the right thing to do in 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 the situation, but I never want to have I never want to feel again that burning it down to the ground is the only choice. Yeah. That that was when one of the things. You look at your life and you're like there's, there's no, no other, other choice. I have Yeah. I, 2 I years have... ago I had choices. A year ago I had choices. Yeah. I have gone so deep into this, so yeah. long into this. I've made so many bad choices that the only thing I can do is burn it to the ground. Yeah. For for everyone's benefit. Like and that's the only way to move forward, you know, kind of thing. But we should think of one short, nice thing to talk about. Okay. I like to end on a positive note. The person that has helped me the most, well, I'll talk about two people because they're my rules, so I get to break them. Um, the first one is my mother. My mother, throughout all of this, has been awesome. Um, she is a hairdresser, so she has not worked uh, in a couple months now, since March. And... Um, 
she is okay with that. She does. She's in no hurry to go back. Honestly, her and I have talked several times in the last couple of weeks. I'm like, they're not going to open up salons anytime soon, right? They're not. Because she is, she's so active and she does so much and she wants to do so much that not working has given her time to like spend hours a day at my grandfather, at her father's house, who she takes care of and, you know, do all sorts of yard mm-hmm. work and go shopping for multiple households. Like the, one of I'll, I'll be completely upfront. She does my grocery shopping for me because she goes, she grocery shops for her house, for her father's house, a little bit for my parent, my grandparents on her ex-husband's side because she still has a good relationship <laughs> with them. For oh, I think she picks up things for for maybe one or two others, and then I I tell her, you know, hey, if you could get me a couple of things, she just texts me while we while we've been recording this podcast. She literally just texts me. I'm going to read it verbatim. Start making your list for groceries tomorrow from Giant Eagle. Because she's going to Giant Eagle so tomorrow. Nice. And she like she just know like she's awesome. I love my mother. I know it's not Mother's Day. I know this is going up past Mother's Day because Mother's Day is a week from where we're recording, but this will probably go out in two weeks, you know, fairly. Um, but my mother is amazing. We fight sometimes. We annoy each other sometimes. Um, I've got a million funny stories to tell about our interactions with each other, which our, our interactions – we we make each other laugh and we really annoy each other sometimes, which always equals out to to like hilarity and, and to a lot of laughs, thankfully. But um, uh, being completely honest, she has been absolutely amazing. In in you know, I don't I didn't ask her to do a lot of th- you know I did ask her to go shopping originally because I knew she was going shopping. Hey, can you pick me up a couple things? But in that time, she's like listen, I'm going shopping anyway. Let me just, I'll, you know, I'll let you know when I'm going and you tell me what you need and and I'll get it for you. That kind of stuff. She is incredible about that. She brought me a thing of, um, she has a lot of tie on surgical masks that she had had Mm -hmm. from, for whatever reason, she brought me a box of them. So when I was able to, or when I went over my grandparents' house yesterday to, to, try to fix their cable for them you know i have surgical masks that i you know not and 95s but yeah. the, you know, actual surgical masks that i could tie on and you know thankfully i don't have interactions with people so i it was in no danger of, of bringing COVID over there but still i you know i take this shit very seriously my grandfather's on oxygen all of that mm-hmm. so my my mother has been absolutely incredible to me to me through this um well, we're probably closer now, as close as we've ever been through this, um, you know, getting on the phone, talking to each just chatting. There are days where we sometimes just chat, which to me is insane. Anyways, long story short, my mother has been incredible and she has been my person. The other person, because I, like I said, I'm going to break my rules. The other person, Malavika, is you. And here's um, why. What? Yeah. I was going to say you too. No. Um, yeah, you better not. So I am someone that, you know, we talked a lot about in this about right. I talked rather a lot about some of that self-destructiveness that, that I have within me, and and the the places my brain wants to go sometimes when it's feeling a, you know some kind of way. Um, one of the things that brings me back, and and I've talked about this a little bit before, is is creativity and feeling creative. This podcast and making this podcast with you over the last couple of months, um, it's been weird. It's been very weird. But it's been such a good weird for me. And I know that you and I, we're still so new at this. And this obviously, this isn't anything. We do this just for, you know, half the fun of it and half just because we want to put something out into the world that, that, you know, we're proud of. And that if we, if even one person listens to this and and enjoys it, you know, cracks a smile, listens along, you know, we brightened your day, anything like that. 
that's awesome. Like that, that's the goal here. I joke that I want to do an ad read just because I listen to so many podcasts and I have to listen to so many of their goddamn ads, Yeah. but, but legitimately making the podcast itself, editing it, putting it out into the world, you know, getting better. Obviously our audio has gotten a lot better since episode E or F or whichever F when we started recording separately. But I, it's, I would never have done this if not for you. I would not do this with any other person. There is not another person that I would want to, let alone actively like putting hours towards doing this with. Um, I appreciate you in a lot of ways for a lot of things that, that, you know, historically and currently. And it, (laughs) I want to, I want to tell a story. It's a short one. As things were, were kind of, the dial was turning to zero on, on the, uh, my previous romantic entanglement. Um, you came over my house and I had been, I, I talked about this a little bit. I had been sending like solo voice recordings to this, to this other person, what I, you know, quote unquote, my podcast. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I thought it'd be fun to sit down with you and to record an uh, a interview with you and basically yeah. just ask you questions for two hours and, and, and record it, but not put it anywhere or anything. It just as like a strange exercise in creativity, it kind of putting that together. When I listened back to that, now you had talked about before, I mean, this was October. No, I think it was November of 2019 that this happened. October, November, somewhere in there. Um, yeah. I, you had said before, jokingly, you know, oh, we should do a podcast. Oh, we should write something. Or, you know, basically yeah. put out creative things that we should do together. And and I'd always been, you know, open to it, but not necessarily supremely open to it just because that's who I am. Um, but after listening to our interaction, after listening to, to the interview of you, I'm no skilled interviewer. It's not like it's some, you know, masterful piece of journalism or anything like that. But just listening to, to you and I and listening back to it, it was at that moment that I realized that I wanted to do this, that I wanted this to be real, that, you know, sit down with you and, and record these things and and put an actual podcast together, for, if for no other reason than just for ourselves and, and, and to put our creativity, you know, our shared creativity out into this world. And you have been so supportive of it and bought into it. Like, it, I, I just appreciate yeah. you so much for that. And that's helped me so much through this quarantine because honestly, we started working on this before the quarantine. Most of our mm-hmm. most of our first three episodes were recorded. Actually, no, A, B, and C were all recorded before the shelter in place. Yeah. And then we got to, you know, you went to the UK and you could have 100% just said, like, this is a fucked up situation. So let's put a pause on this or my life is chaos right now. I'm not going to do this. No. What did you do? You took the fucking claw arm with this giant uh, microphone on it and you found a way to get it into your suitcase as you hastily packed to, to travel to the UK with limited luggage space because like this, this meant something. And, and I, I just want you to know that working on this with you and all of this has been extremely positive and extremely helpful to me as, as we kind of navigate this. No, I, uh, I was also thinking about how nice it has been to do this podcast because it's like, you know, I'm not 
the most principled scheduled person as you know <laughs> you uh, i i will say there have been this. there have like, been times oh. in our friendship where the word flaky has come out of my mouth once or twice yes uh definitely for certain things i'm flaky but yes. other things not yes i know <laughs> it's and then honestly it's mostly because you overschedule yourself it's not because of yeah. any intention like when i'm flaky it's just i'm sitting on my couch fuck i don't want to go let's do this for you it's like oh my god i'm dehydrated because i rock climbed and ran 16 miles <laughs> baked this saw no. 46 people and now i don't want to do plan number 14 today <laughs> yeah so i can sometimes over schedule uh but i'm trying to get better about that but um oh you've gotten a lot better i can confirm that yeah i think i've always want like i just i feel like in the last couple of years i've become uh less creative like i no longer do any writing mm-hmm. I'm not like involved with as many art community type stuff, even though it's widely available. I just like, it's not in my mind anymore. It doesn't grab like you. It used to be. It doesn't grab me. Yeah. Um, and, and like, I think part of that is healthy. I yeah. think when I was younger and more involved in the writing community, I think I lived a lot of my life there as opposed to living it in, in real life, mm-hmm. <laughs> as they say. And, uh, that's fine, but it has been fun. I also want to take this moment to thank, uh, my best friend Bobby. Yes. Because it's actually his mic. Yes. That and it's a very nice to, microphone. It's a very nice microphone and is what has allowed us to start recording this podcast. With, without him loaning you that microphone, we would have never yeah. recorded what became episode A, which meant yeah. we would have never actually no. started this podcast. Yeah. So tremendous um, thing. Even though we didn't know how to properly use it until oh, we still like, barely last know episode. How to use it. Yeah. <laughs> We're figuring and, it out. But, and I know. bought my own much simpler, much more basic $50 microphone. <laughs> after the debacle that was episode B or us recording apart for the first time. But no, yeah. honestly, a big, big, big thank you to him for, for loaning that. Yeah. That was and like 40% of what got us there. Really did. Also, I'm not 100% sure he knows that I brought it to the UK. I doubt he does. I really doubt <laughs> yeah. he does. And Wes is going to be really sad when you take it back. He's going to be so sad. He's been using it for all of his meetings. It makes him sound very professional. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so just quickly, my person. It's actually been my boyfriend. It's been a while since we've been able to just sit and be kind of chill with each other. Mm. And, you know, my sister called me and she she was like, you know, like the quarantine's been so hard, blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking about it and I've definitely come out kind of more on the winning side of the quarantine. Definitely. There's so many people who have been under tremendous amounts of stress financially, emotionally, like physically. And I've been just incredibly lucky. I've gotten two publications directly as a result of COVID-19. I've had more time to record the podcast. I had time. Like when you have enough time, it's easy more easy to work out like it's mm-hmm. you know i've been able to be healthy um i got to spend a lot more time with my boyfriend than i thought i was going to be able to than you have in the last four years yeah, no no we spent like two months together but like every moment of every day <laughs> fair yeah, yeah <laughs> and, that's true. um and you know i i definitely do feel a little bit of that like jittery anxiety um the uncertainty of what the future will bring that everyone feels but it's been so nice and he's really he made a huge effort um just to make my life comfortable 
to like make sure I had a space to work and he bought me headphones uh, because he knew that I was suffering without them um, because I had lost my headphones like a month or two before um, so I could run and yeah it is just like that kind of quiet intimacy it, it's just like it's, you think it's nice when people smooth over some of the stuff that makes your life as an individual hard it's the small moments that don't yeah. necessarily get heralded like <clears throat> if he you know totally cleared out a room for you that's one thing but even something as small as like oh hey i saw you didn't have headphones here like e- something yeah. like that that isn't you know doesn't generally get much fanfare or something like that those are the moments that make a a true relationship a true you know meaningful relationship like that feel special and feel you know they they add up yeah they do it's, it's nice to like cuz he's working from home mm-hmm. and you know, I've been doing, I did quite a bit of work. This is actually my first true week where I've not had any no work. More and teaching. Not, yeah. No more teaching, no more paper writing. Um, and yeah, it's just like nice to sit down and have lunch together. And like, we just started playing um, the new Jedi game. Fallen Order. Fallen, it's super it's cool. It's such a good hope, game. It was have so you played good. it Oh, yet? fuck yeah. I played it first day it came out. I beat it that first Wait. weekend. Oh, okay. I was like, it just came out like a week ago. Jedi Fallen Order? The one with Jedi? Cal? Yeah. No, it came out in oh, October. that's old. Okay, never mind. Trust me. I'm almost ready to play it again. It's been out so long. Yeah, I uh, we just started it, and it's the graphics are super cool. and Yeah, yep. it's just like nice to be able to do that. And so he's like, oh, I want to play this while you're here. So... Because I, I like like the story games. I miss I miss playing a video game with someone. That is such a, yeah, it is such a so nice. like crazy experience that sounds awful. But like no. <laughs> when when it's a game that you love and someone else is watching you, or when it's a game that person's love and you're watching them, like it's still yeah. this shared experience that's so it's so good. Like it's so yeah. pure and yeah. nice. Um, I'm glad that you guys have that. I I really am. That's awesome. Yeah, so like I said, I just feel like that kind of quiet intimacy that I I feel has been like lacking a little bit in our relationship because a lot of Whoa. times our our visits are like me working like intensely trying to get home so I could actually see him right. or and us you guys being been, on vacation with our families. You, you guys know, have been different. long distance for so long. Like first of all, those moments yeah. are nearly impossible long distance like you have to work so hard to even get a fraction of it and then it creates that that debt of it to where when you actually get a week or two together you have to build up this debt of we haven't had intimate moments the time we've been apart long distance we need to make them all up right now we need to spend every waking moment together we need to do every activity together we need to plan out fun and then that becomes too much, at least in my experience, that becomes overwhelming in and of itself because what if you have a bad day? What if a day isn't fun? What if you need yeah. to work? Yeah, I think um, just our personalities, I I feel like I never, I feel like I never try and like totally smooth over my moods. Sure. Whereas I think sometimes uh, my boyfriend does where he's like, well, I really want it to go this way. But then it's not going that way because guess what? I'm tired mm-hmm. or I feel like shit or I just don't feel like doing the thing he wants to do. Right. Um, Whatever that thing but, might be. Exactly. 
So I think like, but overall, because there's quarantine, we just like don't have that kind of conflict. No. And um, yeah, so it's just been really nice to have the kind of like quiet, chill time, especially in a time where there is a lot of kind of like general chaos outside. Um, and I am very close to my family, but they were a huge source of stress and anxiety <laughs> around this quarantine. And for the last 30 years? No, or, I'm sorry, not 31 sure. years. Yeah. But like, you know, I think um they they were very stressed out and worried about it yeah. and there's only so much you can talk to them and be reasonable because there's no good answers, right? And it just became no. harder and harder and it was nice to have my boyfriend who's like a bit more chill, maybe too chill. <laughs> I will I will say I was I was someone that I thought you were crazy for for going to quarantine oh, in the UK. I and yeah. I fully admit that. I, I I also thought so. But I, I was get like, it. I'm making poor decisions. <laughs> I, I get it. And I, I hope I made that clear. Like, I understand why you did. And at this point, I'm yeah. glad you did because it, it has worked out, you know, very well. And I, I yeah, th- this time is honestly what you needed and, and kept you much more sane than quarantining in your apartment alone ever would have. Like, this yeah. this podcast recording would be a, a lot different than, you know, if you had been alone in your apartment for the last month and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so I just want to, you know... Full full disclosure, I I was a, I thought you were crazy for doing it, even though I understood your motivations for it. But I it's it's worked out beautifully, and even I've seen you know I'm I'm really glad it happened. I'm really glad you got to spend this time together. Yeah, and it was not a fun decision, and it was like Nick was saying, uh, like a decision where I bought the ticket and then I left the same day yep. because it was that fast. Where I was just like I couldn't stand the decision making the decision anymore, and I I had already made up the decision yep. in my head, and then I just like there was nothing that anyone could say that was going to make it better, and I right. just had to go see for myself because yeah. We were texting a lot, and then we we were we had yeah. cocktails with Kevin and Kyle, and we talked about it then. Yeah. And then it was like, you you know, you texted me a little bit after, and you're like, I'm I'm gonna pull the trigger on this ticket, and I leave in yeah. six hours. Yeah, <laughs> that's like what it was. You know, I think it's also we a very privileged situation where my boyfriend lives in a two-bedroom apartment alone mm-hmm. with, like, multiple rooms, so we have enough space for each other. Like, there's lots of things that were in our favor. Right. Um, there's a much better delivery infrastructure, so we're able to get groceries delivered. There's also, like, five grocery stores within walking distance, and they're all very careful about letting people in and, like, keeping good social distancing. So, like, there's lots of things in my favor. Right. Yeah, it's it's definitely don't have, it's definitely laid out nicely for you in in a way that um, worked yeah. out pretty well. Yeah, and um, the weather here has been great, sixty five and sunny majority of the time I've been here. <laughs> We've had that for Weird two days while you've been yeah. gone, maybe three. <laughs> I know, um, but yeah, uh, that's all I have to say. It's it's been quarantine did suck. What a strange strange time we live in um that's all i feel like you were very kind to me this episode i <laughs> i very much appreciate your friendship if, you are like the brother we've talked about this before you're, yeah. you're like my brother i that i 100 I, percent uh, treat you and see you as a sister to me um yeah. i can tell you that that if you wrong me in any way um you you will be called out for it and and i've learned my lesson in that regard but oh, uh, I'm sure you know too many of my secrets. Uh, you know, and and you know friends. too many of mine. <laughs> yeah. But 
and and uh, honestly, I want to say, you know, to the listener or listeners, th- those couple people, I know we haven't, although by the time this has gone out, we've probably formally announced it kind of to friends and family, because uh, this yeah. will probably go out in about two weeks. So if you're listening to this, we appreciate you. Honestly, we, we do this just for kind of keeping our own sanity and, and for having our own chats and, and hopefully putting something out that's at least a little bit interesting, if not long-winded. Uh, we appreciate you coming along on this ride with us. We're not looking to do this necessarily as a career. We're not looking to monetize this necessarily, although that would be pretty cool. Um, I, I, I legitimately, if you're listening to this, I thank you. That's that's the best I can put it. I hope you and yeah. your family are staying safe and, and that you got some enjoyment from this. Malavika, would you like to say anything? I know you're – she fell asleep five minutes ago. <laughs> thank you for listening. Um Email us your thoughts and questions at rlathepodcast at gmail.com. Please. Please. I'm back still looking, week. Still looking for that first email. Still looking for that first email, people. I know. Tell them that. Don't make that seem desperate. See, I'm, people, I'm desperate. If you know me, you know I'm desperate for your, for your thoughts, your comments. Give me the feedback, people. No. But, but I – even if it's if it's a topic that we've talked about that you've heard that you had a comment about or a question about, it doesn't have to be related to anything. It can be a question you want us to ask each other. It can be a comment on something we've said before. Uh, we are early enough in this point where we we do want to get better at this. Even though this is something we do as a side project, we want to know what you like, what you're interested in, what you know, the things that we say that you appreciated and the things that we say that you thought were boring as shit. Um, so, so really, I know that you probably hear in all sorts of podcasts and all sorts of places, send us your comments, but if you have any thoughts, any comments, any feedback, you know, give us a shout. We'd, we'd, we'd really appreciate it and it'd help us do better. All right. Well, I will talk to you soon. Appreciate everything, people. Life is too short. All right. Seacrest out.